0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: It's There he goes. It's attack. the
2: This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe that you enjoy the show? Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I am your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated Skylar Callahan. We're here with you every week. New episodes dropping on Tuesday on the Believe Network. Uh, Some stuff we need to touch on uh, this week. We'll uh, hit on, of course, by now, if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, you've probably heard some of Cam Newton's comments from this past Sunday on a podcast he was on that are wrinkling a few feathers on social media. We'll give you our takes on what he said. And if that's a deal breaker for the Panthers to bring him back, there are large, big-name free agents that are still available out on the market right now. We'll go through a list of some of them and see if any of them would be good fits with the Panthers. The Panthers have the most salary cap space currently right now than uh, any team in the NFL, so they've got some room to play around and add some uh, names if they'd like to. Um, and then, of course, we'll check in with Skyler each week. He uh, brings in a mock first round pick for the Panthers. Sometimes it changes, sometimes it doesn't. We'll check with him at the end of the show to see if his pick has changed from last week. It's been holding steady at Malik Willis for the past two weeks, so we'll see if that has changed at all. Um, Before we get into that, and of course the Charlotte Hornets, what better way to catch up on the Hornets And what they're doing in the NBA play-in, then speak briefly with the Hornets beat writer for Sports Illustrated, Skyler Callahan. So we'll start off with that. The Hornets taking on the Atlanta Hawks uh, for the right to get up to the eighth seed in the NBA playoffs. Before we get into any of that, though, let's talk about our sponsors over at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that Major League Baseball is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. Just head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts as I bring in my co-host Skylar Callahan. Skylar, uh, real quick, uh, I know you are covering the Charlotte Hornets right now for Sports Illustrated. The Hornets made the play-in tournament for the NBA. Your thoughts on the play-in tournament. This is the second year now the Hornets are in it. Uh, but the Hornets, they, they do seem to be improving. They've improved their win total by 10 the past two seasons, from 23 to 33, and then this year from 33 to 43. Uh, talk a little bit about what you saw this year with the Hornets, their improvement or not and your thoughts of them getting out, their their chances of getting out of the play-in tournament.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of an up-and-down type of year. And, you know, before the year started, I had them winning, I think, 38, 39 games, somewhere in that neighborhood. And they surpassed that. And that's including where they went through a, a miserable stretch where they lost a bunch of games in a row, um, even lost some games to some teams that they shouldn't throughout the year, like Detroit, uh, Houston, Orlando. So... I mean, they have could have even been in a better position. I mean, if they take care of those games that they should have won, I mean, you're talking about 46 wins. They would have been the seventh seed in this playing tournament instead of the 10. But this is what you're going to get with a young team. You know, the, the ebbs and flows, uh, the ups and downs. I mean, it's just, it's just going to happen. And I think for this team to really take an, a big step moving forward, they're going to have to add a go-to guy. And I'm not saying that LaMelo Ball or Miles Bridges – can't evolve into that, but they're not that type of player just yet. I think they need one more guy that can go and get them thirty or forty on any given night, kind of like what Trey Young does in Atlanta, which is what they're gonna to have to face uh, tomorrow night when they play him in the playing. Um, you know, Steph Curry. I mean, th- these guys they can get you a bucket at any moment. They don't have that guy right now. They don't have that one guy that they can lean on, and I think that's really the only missing piece. Everyone says oh, they're missing the center, they're missing the rim protector. Yes. But I think having that go-to guy is the bigger problem uh, right now. Maybe maybe Melo or Miles evolves into that next year and they don't have to worry about that. Then the rim protector becomes the number one thing. Um, but for all the people that, that bash James Borrego, <laughs> because this is kind of like this thing around Charlotte where we, we, we like to see the, the, the fans just love to get on the head coaches here. But James Borrego has done a tremendous job with this team. And everyone will say, well, look, you know, they finished 10th again. That's exactly where they were a year ago. You can't look at it like that because the East got significantly better, like significantly better. Yeah. There's never been a team to finish 10th in the conference with 43 wins. That's the most forever in the history of the NBA. And for them to be at 43 wins, like usually, Desmond, that's like usually a six or seven seed in the conference Yeah, I was going to
2: say, like thinking back on it, I'm like, you know, and it's crazy because I'm looking at the Eastern Conference standings and there's only three games that separate the 10th seed and the 6th seed, the Chicago Bulls. They finished 46 and 36. So it's it's not like the Hornets are so far back from the middle of the pack of the Eastern Conference. In fact, they're right there. If they had, I hate to say it, but they had Gordon Hayward for some of these games the Hornets are probably in that 76ers, Raptors, Bulls area of 51 to 46 wins. I mean, it's not that hard, the Fathom, is it?
1: No, I mean, it's not at all. And and like I've, I've said all year long, I mean, just look at the West, for example. Okay, it's very top-heavy. They've got some very good teams at the top. But the 10 seed in the West is San Antonio, and they're 14 games under five hundred. Yeah, 34 and 48. 14 games under five hundred, and they're playing in the play-in. The ninth seed is New Orleans, who's ten games under. And then you've got uh LA who's two games over at, at number eight. So if Charlotte was in the West, obviously that's not gonna be, ever happen, but right. if they were, they would be the what,
2: the, the eighth, eighth seed. seed right now. Yeah, clear. Yeah. They'd be the eighth seed. Clippers would be the ninth. And uh they would play the Clippers and the uh no, excuse me, they'd play the Timberwolves, the, the seventh seed. Yeah,
1: so I mean, I I definitely think they've made progress. And again, you can't look at it where they finished in the standings because, and you're like this when the East is so darn good. It's hard to really judge that. I think you have to look at it in terms of wins. How much was expected of this team? Especially if you were to tell me that Gordon Hayward missed, you know, twenty four, I think, or twenty three of the last twenty four games, I would have said like, uh, this team's probably going to collapse at the end, like it did last year. They're going into the into the playing tournament playing really good basketball, some of their best of the season. They've won 11 of their final 16 games. A lot better feeling going into the play in this year than last year when I believe they lost their last five or six games. So I think they have a chance if they use that same blueprint that they had against Trey Young the last time they faced him where they just harassed him as soon as he came across half court. If they can get him a little bit frustrated, I think they can win this game. Trey Young has shown that throughout his career. If he gets flustered – he folds.
2: Yeah, I would agree. So, well, Hornets tip off Wednesday uh, against the Atlanta Hawks in the 9-10 uh, play-in game. The winner will play the winner of – or excuse me, the loser of uh, Brooklyn versus – who are they playing again? Cleveland. Cleveland. So, uh, so that's how the play-in tournament is set up. The 9 and 10 seeds play each other. The 7 and 8 seeds play each other. Whoever wins the 7th and 8th seed game becomes the 7th seed. The, the loser of that game will play the winner of Hawks Hornets. The winner of that game becomes the eighth seed. So the Hornets have to win two road games to get into the tournament here. Uh, and more than likely, we'll probably have to see. Uh, I would imagine they're probably. Well, I don't know. That's an interesting thing because everyone's real high on the Brooklyn Nets. I'm not. <laughs> they haven't been cohesive all year. I get it. They got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but they're also 44 and 38 and they're in the seventh seed. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to see a really interesting matchup really early because the Nets are going to end up playing the Heat or the Celtics or the Bucks right off top. And uh, we'll see if all this hype was for real or not. Uh NFL news of the week. Uh, basically the main news that came out this week, of course, uh, the untimely passing of Pittsburgh quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, his, still getting some uh, info on what happened, but, He was training in South Florida with some of his Pittsburgh teammates. Uh, He was actually going to vie for the starting position in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger's retirement. And according to reports, uh, he was trying to cross the interstate. Um, I read a a, a thing on Twitter where a guy had called into 911 about seven minutes before the actual 911 call uh, that someone had hit Haskins. Apparently he was hit by a dump truck. Uh, And the guy had called in and said that there was a guy on the highway that was kind of walking like not on the shoulder, but like in the lane, uh, like pretty much in the middle of the right hand lane. And there were cars. He said he noticed it because there were cars that were veering out of that lane into the left lane to go around, whatever it was. And he got towards the person and realized it was a person walking up the highway, but they weren't on the shoulder uh, and they had their arms like up or whatnot. And he said he didn't see a car anywhere. Uh, suggest that maybe he had car trouble or anything. He didn't know where the guy came from, but he said it just didn't feel right. So he called in the 911 and, and said there was a guy on the highway uh, walking that was kind of out in traffic. And then the call came in like six or seven minutes later that he had been hit. Yeah. Uh, we're, they're still gathering info on what was going on. There's no indication that, you know, Haskins you know, went out there and did that on his own or anything like that. It just seems like it's a, a tragic accident. Uh, he was 24 years old, set records at Ohio State Uh, In the one year he played there, got drafted first round off of that through 50 touchdowns uh, that season, led Ohio State to a great year, Uh, was drafted by the Redskins, picked up by the Steelers last year, uh, sat behind Roethlisberger and was going to make a a push to be the starter uh, for the Steelers. And I think the Steelers were looking at seeing him advance uh, due to his age and his talent to really being a competitor at that position. So just a sad situation all the way around uh regarding Dwayne Haskins and uh his untimely death uh, earlier this week that was some of the main news that came out of the NFL it's still kind of light because the draft is coming up here in two weeks uh after this uh weekend's Easter holiday the main thing that uh, I woke up to this morning though uh Skyler and we talked about this whether or not we even wanted to touch it or not and I think we kind of just begrudgingly decided since we're the Panthers podcast we probably need to address it in some form or fashion NFL quarterback free agent Cam Newton Has made the news. Um, He was on a uh, podcast Sunday night on Mediite, And uh, his comments regarding women uh, in particular in this uh, podcast have been kind of pulled out and stretched around. You know how social media does. that. Everyone's kind of taking this minute and 20 second blurb and judging off off of that completely. Before we react to it, I want to play it. And then uh, there's something else right behind it I want to play too. So first, this is Cam Newton talking about
0: uh women that he that he's attracted to that he's preferred i had a, a perfect a perfect example of what a man was in my life by my father mm-hmm. my parents has been together for 36 37 oh i do need to uh preface this with there, there is some language in this i don't think there's any kids listening to our
2: podcast but uh i just need to drop that in there <laughs> hold on
0: i mean, years now and it's and it's a beautiful thing uh, I grew up in a three-parent household, my mom, my father, and my grandmother, and uh, I knew what a woman was, not a bad bitch. Wait. But, <laughs> what's the difference? A woman. Okay. A bad bitch is a person who's just, you know, girl, I'm a bad bitch. You know, I'm doing oh, yeah. this. I'm doing that. I, I, I looked apart, part, but I don't act a part. Okay. You know, and it's a lot of women who are bad bitches. And I say bitches in a way, not to degrade a woman, but just to 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 go off the aesthetic of what they deem is a boss chick. Mm-hmm. Now, a woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think a lot of times when you get that aesthetic of like I'm a boss bitch, like I'm a this, I'm a dad. No, baby, like, but you can't cook. Okay. You mm-hmm. don't know, you don't know when to be quiet. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to allow a man to lead.
2: Okay, so that's uh <laughs> that's the that's the clip that's out there more than anything else. And that's the clip that Cam is getting a lot of flack for this morning, especially on Twitter. You know how Twitter gets down. Um I haven't heard the entire podcast, but I always felt like Whenever something like this happens to Cam Newton, it's some, usually taken out of context. It's usually pulled out of a much longer uh, quote from Cam. And I came across this in the same podcast where it seems like a lot of it, people are complaining about how he's coming down on women or judging women per se. But he also does the same thing to this generation of men uh, that's not getting as much pull. And I felt like it was you know, our obligation to actually show that side as well. This is Cam talking
0: about men in today's generation. Well tell the men to start being men bro absolutely that that sucker shit should not be rewarded and what sucker shit so you know when 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 a person when a person carries himself social media wise and it's a fraud in real life okay you know it's more to every person that got money every person who's rich isn't a real one okay i'm saying right and i think that gets kind of misconstrued in this society now because a lot of people have money but they're not genuine people you know right. and i pride myself everybody who knows me knows like bro cam's a solid dude he keeps his circle extremely small i'm not afraid to be by myself but so tell them okay so let's try to unpack this as carefully as we can as
2: if it's uh fine china um uh- we just moved let's start off with the first one um i didn't i didn't take that as him saying all women need to be able to know how to cook and clean and be quiet like i didn't take it that way i kind of took it more that he was raised in a house of women and he was raised in a manner where the women in his life knew how to do those things so the women that he gravitates towards are those types of women that's what i kind of took it as what did you take it that way, or did you take it a different uh, way? <laughs> well, the
1: first time I heard it, I, I didn't take it that way. I, I It seemed like he was kind of getting on the vast majority of women that, again, like I understand where he's coming from. He He prefers one version over the other, but man, like <sighs> – <laughs> you, you gotta that's know ridiculous. what you're
2: getting yourself into. Like
0: yes, yes,
2: when, when that's that's Cam the story here. It's Newton. not what he said. It's it's the fact that he's in this situation again. That to right. me, that's the story.
1: Like when you're Cam Newton, you have to understand that everything that comes out of your mouth is going to be magnified through a mega megaphone on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or just all forms of social media. Like it's going to get out there. And I just think his 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 messaging or his wording that he used probably wasn't the best choice. Like, (laughs) I think he could have said it a different way, without it coming across. Like, if you're having to guess what, like, okay, is he really meaning it this way or the other way? That's the problem. Like, you have to clear messaging is the is the thing here with camp. The only reason that I saw it the other way at first is because of what happened a couple of years ago. And I think you know what I'm yes. talking
2: about. Yes.
1: Um, sitting in the press conference, I don't remember what game it was, and I can't remember who the female reporter was. I want to say it was maybe Elena Getzenberg. No, it wasn't it Elena. Wasn't it, was, Elena. It, was,
2: it was before Elena. Um, oh, gosh, I can't remember. She's, she's now the beat writer for the Rams, for the Athletics. Oh, uh,
1: I know who you're talking about. I can't remember her name. Jordan, Jordan, Rodriguez. Jordan Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez.
2: had her on a couple of times when she yeah. was the Panther beat writer. She actually was the beat writer for the Panthers for the Observer. And then when she left, Elena take over, took over that role. And now Elena's gone now, too. So, um, yeah. And that was what? 2017, yeah, 24 like or five years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And
1: basically she was asking a question. What was it about routes or something?
2: Yeah, something about where I, and then Cam said something. He chuckled and said it was funny that a female was asking questions about routes or something to that effect.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: so like that, that kind of, I think that comment, even though it was five years ago or whatever it was, that's that kind of made people be like, really? Come on, Cam. Like he can't yeah. stand stuff like this. And then for him to come out and say this, like I think people just kind of put the two together and be like, okay, this is who Cam is. I don't think Cam is a bad person. I just think he has a, he doesn't come across the way he's intending to.
2: Yeah. He has a problem with expressing what he, the thoughts in his head. He has a problem with expressing it in a manner that's palatable to the entire listenership. Um, Yeah. That to me, that's kind of where he is right now. And I don't know if he'll ever, if he'll ever, you know, change that. Uh, So that's why I didn't come up when I finally heard it all. I wasn't too surprised at what he said. I wasn't too surprised with what he said, but uh, he it fell in the same vein of the stuff he said before. And none of it was so outlandish that he should just be like, you know, banned from the league, blackball. No. Or but it's all I can't see where it would raise eyebrows. Um, I guess the question is, is this enough for any NFL team to pause whatever conversations they may be having with Cam Newton free agent wise?
1: You know, i I, I don't want to really get into this, but I, I will kind of dive a little into it, just because it is the reality of the league. I mean, let's be honest. If this was, say, Aaron, well, I mean, we could use Aaron Rodgers as an example, right? I mean, he he faked the whole vaccine thing, and yeah. he did the, all that stuff, and no one really... I mean, it was kind of like a, a, a thing for like a week or two, and then it kind of went away. But that's because he's Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to get into the reasons why. I mean, you probably understand why, but Cam Newton is not Aaron Rodgers and not the sense of that he's on him as in the talent level. They're two different people from two different backgrounds, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Folks from Cam Newton's background, they don't get the same pass in the NFL as a guy like Aaron Rodgers would. And I think that's very messed up. It's not right. Um, But – I, I think that it could hurt him. I mean, let's be honest. Like, d- despite your take on Colin Kaepernick, like I don't want to get into that either. But despite your take on Colin Kaepernick, would it be the same if another quarterback, not of his background, did the same thing? Like, I think they're, the 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 judgment in terms of quarterbacks in a league has always kind of been catered to one side more than the other, and it's very it's been kind of obvious. I mean, you look at even some of the contracts. I mean, outside of you know, Patrick Mahomes, before he got that monster deal, I mean, black quarterbacks have not been getting paid or have been given the opportunities that white quarterbacks have.
2: Yeah. But it's, it's better now than it was when Cam came into the league in 2011. Oh, in, fact, you could probably, yeah. in fact, you almost say Cam's the prototype. Uh, I, once Cam came in and broke through, because, you know, it's funny, I'm seeing the same type of criticisms uh, for Malik Willis as I was seeing with Cam Newton right, in terms of, other than the he hasn't played top competition cuz clearly you couldn't say that about Cam Newton but uh the other things is he a leader uh is he accurate can he can he read defenses at this level and, can he do like anything that. than run and, that, yeah.
1: and and that's the biggest problem like whenever Lamar Jackson came out they wanted to make him a running back
2: right so, dude <laughs> like, <Yeah. come> <laughs> to this day I still regret the fact the Carolina Panthers could have drafted uh could have drafted him at the end of the first round actually they had a couple picks ahead of that they drafted uh dj moore instead and baltimore ended up drafting lamar but it would have been the perfect succession plan if the Panthers said saw it cam was already having injuries you draft lamar jackson have him sit behind cam that 2018 season can't uh, clearly we saw what was going to happen after that lamar takes over 2019 you already have christian mccaffrey and you just go from there and like the literally ron Rivera would probably still be the head coach of the carolina panthers if they Probably. had made one that one draft pick instead and, and I love DJ Moore. Uh, you know, I'm glad you got your money. I'm especially glad the Panthers signed you when they did before all these wide receivers started getting these insane, <laughs> like $300 million dollar contracts. It feels like uh it feels like we underpaid for DJ Moore, but yeah, I still think about that to this day that we could have had Lamar Jackson, like feasibly, he would have been there, like he was there, and we chose not to get him because we still had Cam and thought that maybe he would uh be all right, but yeah.
1: I think the, the thing too with can it hurt Cam or not, I I'll say this, kinda of going along with what I was saying, like I don't think there's a a fairness in the league. I mean it's 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 very clear. But when Cam was first released by the Panthers when Matt Rule got the head coaching job, what was his market? There wasn't one. There right. wasn't one at all. It's it yeah. very late into I don't remember. I think he may have signed deep into the summer with the Patriots on a very cheap deal.
2: Yeah, it was like yeah. August. He came in like right before training camp started, if I remember correctly. So he was behind the the boat to begin with in New England and in Carolina when he came right. back. And,
1: and and when New England let him go, no one, no one, I, I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but I don't believe anybody contacted him until the the Panthers did at least seriously. Yeah. I, mean, I was in the middle of the season. Like, I just feel like the the market for Cam Newton was already kind of diminishing. And I just think anything that could have owners or GMs or head coaches kind of like tiptoeing around a certain situation, it's only going to hurt the situation more. And whether that's fair or not, I mean, that's just, it is what it is. I, I think, you know, Cam Newton should be in the NFL 100%. And I think that he should have an opportunity to play. I don't know if he's a starter anymore, but. Um, I, I don't think this is enough. You know, To I think there's been way worse things that happen in the league that, that have been allowed by other quarterbacks and, and to come back and play. So,
2: I mean, I think he's he, he should be fine. I mean, just echoing off of what you just said there at the end, let's not forget that just two, three weeks ago, the Carolina Panthers were trying to lure Deshaun oh, Watson yeah. to Charlotte and give him uh, an obscene amount of money. Uh, for something that's still ongoing <laughs> for his cases are still ongoing over 20 plus women accusing him of uh, sexual misconduct. And the Panthers were still trying to bring him in uh, and just got outbid by the Cleveland Browns. So, now, And I'll say this too. And I, and I hate to keep bringing up
1: Colin Kaepernick because I know it's a bringing up Colin Kaepernick can really divide a lot of things in, between fan bases and people. But if you are a person that, Believed Deshaun Watson should have been pursued by the Panthers or your favorite team if you're listening from another fan base and you wanted him on your team, then what's the why would you want him, but you don't want Colin Kaepernick? Like, I, I to me, like, yes, th- they came out and said that he's reportedly not going to get charged, but that doesn't mean he's innocent. Like, that could be very, I mean, we don't know. I don't know if we will ever know if Deshaun Watson was innocent. But my point is, when you have those type of allegations on you, that's serious stuff. Like what Colin Kaepernick was doing, it may have ended up dividing a lot of people in the country. But I don't think it was that was his intention. I don't know, but it's not like he had serious allegations of
2: sexual misconduct. I mean, it's right. that's two a different. different things. One's a viewpoint, and and uh, the yeah. other is actual like. A crime. Like <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> it's actually but, like criminal, like and, to do. So
1: and what I'm saying with, with Kaepernick too is I a hundred percent believe like if you think that what he did was wrong, then that's your opinion, that's your belief. If you don't, that's your opinion, that's your belief. But my what I'm trying to get down to is at the end of the day he should he should yeah. have had another chance in his career. It, should he have a chance now? I don't know. I mean, he's been out of the league a long time.
2: It's six and, years, yeah, mm-hmm. and he was on the bench when he did get kind of yeah. blackballed out of the league. I, I've seen some of the training videos with him throwing around with some folks. I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle or somebody gives him a, a, a chance, although my impression, he had a couple of tryouts a couple of years ago. I think Seattle was one of them, and they just decided to they just decided to back off of him. I don't I don't think he would come back in. And circling back around to the end with the Cam Newton stuff, I don't think it's enough to persuade a team to not take him to your point. I think the 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 resume of Cam's playing career might be enough for a team to not take him at this point. Uh, and if there is a team that would take him it would be the Panthers. So, I don't think anything has changed too much on that aspect. I think it's just a I think it's just a situation of Twitter Being Twitter, uh, jumping to conclusions, a a sound bite as opposed to this interview. This podcast is like an hour long. And they pulled this minute and 20 seconds out of it with no kind of context before or after. That's what Uh, people do. That's what people do. So I think that if anything, that's what this is. Uh, And he says pretty clearly, now a woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs. He's not saying all women should handle your own, but know how to, you know, there's a difference in wording here and people are just taking it and run with it. Uh, I don't think there's any problem at all with him saying what he likes in a woman. If you don't agree with that, that's your own opinion. Uh, Do I agree with what he was saying? Not necessarily. Um, I I don't believe the things that he was echoing are things that I look for first and foremost in a woman, but I'm not Cam Newton. So that's him. Uh, That's his belief and he's entitled to it. So we'll see if this causes a dent in his free agency or his availability uh, for any teams going forward, but Twitter's kind of going ham on it right now. But you know, Twitter—it'll be forgotten by Thursday. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see something what happens.
1: else will happen by then. So
2: yeah, something else will have happened by then, and uh, this will be an afterthought. Uh, remaining big name free agents that are still out here—I was actually surprised when I started looking at this. Uh, Pro Football Focus put out a list of the best landing spots for the top remaining free agents uh, that are out there. They just came out yesterday. And I was looking around. I was looking to see. Who's out there? They've got Jadavion Clowney, who's still very who's still out there uh in free agency. He racked up nine sacks in 2021. Uh, he's one of the best run defenders on the edge. He's got a 90.9 run defense grade since 2015. That's the sixth best mark over that span. Uh he was with Cleveland. Um, I would think Cleveland would probably get him back, and they do have him listed as the best landing spot, would be Cleveland. Um it looks like they're saying probably about 15 million for one year. We looked at our salary cap last week. Carolina is going to end up having after uh, the draft and some other uh, team things are going to be doing. They're still going to have more than anybody else in the league. I think we said it was going to be like 16 or 17 million in free agency or salary cap space. So they do have some room to work. Stefan Gilmore pops up here at number two. They don't even have him listed as uh, best landing spot Carolina or other potential fits. They've got him projected at around one year, $12 $8.75 total guaranteed. That sounds like the Panthers can grab him. Um, I think it's more along the lines of they're looking at what Carolina's done in the secondary, and they're trying to figure out would Carolina even spend the money there when they've got a full room of cornerbacks and safeties right now.
1: Yeah, I think when you look at it, I mean, J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson, like I I could go on and on. They have a lot of options in that cornerback room, and I think they have three that, could, that are definitely starters. Like Dante Jackson, Horn, and Henderson are definitely capable of starting. The one thing you want to have in that cornerback and safety group is you want to have depth, and the reason be, being is because of what happened last year when Dante Jackson went down, J.C. Horn went down. Like these guys loaded up in that cornerback room, and it ended up allowing them to still have the best pass defense in the NFL – because they were so deep at that position. So, is Stefan Gilmore completely out of the running for Carolina? I wouldn't say that, but I don't think it's like they're waiting for him to make a decision. You know, I think it's they're they're going to be very patient with this. I honestly does I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Stefan Gilmore sign somewhere until it's after the draft because mm-hmm. we may see teams or he may want to see where teams are thinking like if if there's a couple of teams he's interested in, but they they say, you know what, I will. I think we're going to take a corner in the draft. Like, I, I think he wants to see the entire situation, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no there's nothing wrong with waiting. There's like you said, Tyron Matthew. He could be in the same situation um, to where he, he may sign after the draft. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of guys do that. So, I for for the Panthers, I don't think they're going to be throwing a lot of money at Stephon Gilmore. If he wants to come back on a cheaper deal, sure, but probably not realistic. So I think they, they want to spend their money wisely. And when you have already got so much invested into that one position, I think you got to start worrying about maybe, you know, maybe another linebacker, maybe another offensive lineman. Obviously there's still a the quarterback situation. So I think their, their money's going to be tied elsewhere.
2: The, um, the chiefs are shown as the best landing spot for Gilmore. And I could kind of see that yes. they have the money since they traded Tyree kill off and uh, they lost Javarius ward to the 49ers. Uh, he's Gilmore set to turn 32 in 2022. And that's what kind of throws me off from him. I actually, if they were going to add any other secondary piece, it would be who's number three on this list. And that's safety. Teron Matthew. Uh, he Matthew kind of reminds me of what Josh Norman brought to the defense in 2015. And that was kind of like a, a talker, like a, a leader, like someone that everybody kind of looked at. I, I'm trying to figure out who that is on this defense, and I don't know who it is. Well, but, you know? it, I think it could be J.C. Horn. He's yeah. got a little bit of – his dad in him. a yeah. <laughs> that Joe Horn
1: in him a little bit. Yeah, I, I think it could be J.C. Horn for sure. But, I mean, I, I do like the idea of Tyron Matthew. Again, it's just – it matters how serious each side is interested, and I don't know if either side is there yet, but – I mean, adding another safety would clearly mean Jeremy Chen's going to come down and play in the box. Yeah, and, and I don't know if that's, that's his best fit long-term in my opinion.
2: See, I don't know if the Panthers want to do that. It sounded like uh, after his rookie year, I remember Phil Snow saying something about wanting to keep him out of the box because they wanted to limit the wear and tear on him because he was flying all over the place uh, when they had him down in the box like that. I like the hybrid role that they had for him. If you bring in Tyron Matthew, you can pair him with Xavier Woods. Now you've kind of got this like, Uh Romer and Jeremy Chin like just kind of roaming the field and like some weird hybrid safety cornerback linebacker position. You literally can line them up anywhere from the second or third level and just turn them loose. But uh Matthew might be too expensive. They've got him projected at three years, 30 million, about 10 million per year, uh 20 million total guaranteed. And they've got the Eagles, Colts, Raiders, Saints, and Steelers as potential fits. He goes to the Steelers, the Steelers might be a problem. Uh saints too the saints have a good defense um so i can see any of those there i'm just kind of scrolling through the rest uh melvin ingram the third uh, i landed on who's listed at number seven here still highly effective edge defender i could see carolina actually offering him a one-year deal they've got his contract projection at five million over one year fully guaranteed he hasn't earned a pass rush grade below 70 since 2013 um I'm looking to see his 77.6 pass rush grade was the best of any chiefs defender in the playoffs. And his nine quarterback pressures were second only to interior defender, Chris Jones. I, I mean, we just lost a son Reddick. You probably want somebody on the other side of Brian Burns. Am I crazy thinking Melvin Ingram, the third might get, get the tires on him after the draft? No,
1: I don't think that's crazy at all. And, and the reason I say that is because, I mean, when you look at opposite of Brian Burns, I mean you got Eter Gross potentially Marquise Haynes coming off the edge, maybe Frankie Louvu in that stand up role, but I think the the thing for Carolina they have to think about is, like, you can't go into the season banking on that, that gross Matos is going to finally come into his own and, and be the guy you expect him to be when you draft him. Like, right,
2: right. You'd rather be surprised that it
1: happens as right. opposed to expecting it. You'd rather, you'd rather have a good problem than a bad problem. A good problem is if you bring in a guy like Melvin Ingram and he's going to give you what you what you know he's going to give you, and then Gross Matos – Steps up and now you've got two guys on that side. So like that's where I say you'd rather have a good problem than a bad problem. Maybe it, maybe give Ingram a one year offer and if if Gross Matos shows himself and and believe and you can see that he's he's the guy, then he's your guy in 2023 on that side. But you don't want to go into the season not knowing that you have a, a backup plan or a plan B. And I think that Melvin Ingram would be a good fit.
2: Another name that's being uh, potentially attached to Carolina uh, due to a reported visit, that's Tackle Dwayne Brown. Um, Now, he'll be 37 years old week one of 2022. So you're Um, telling me
1: he's not a long-term option.
2: (laughs) He wasn't even the oldest tackle in NFC West. Andrew Whitworth played in his 40s with the Rams uh, before winning the, uh, the Super Bowl this past season. Brown hasn't graded out below 70 since his rookie season in 2008. Hasn't shown signs of slowing down. To an extreme enough degree that teams should be overly concerned. Uh, hmm. Says uh, he's he's reportedly visited the Panthers, uh, the Chicago Bears. They say the best landing spot for him would be the Colts. Updraft, updated contract projection: two years, sixteen million, about eight mil per year, eleven million total guaranteed. Should they knock the kick the tires on Dwayne Brown? Does the age scare them off, or uh, does, or does this is this another situation where when the draft is over? he becomes maybe a higher priority because they didn't get, you know, Charles Cross or uh, Evan Neal or somebody like that.
1: Bingo. I think you hit a nail right on the head there. And I think the age probably doesn't scare them because if, if it was that big of a, an issue, I don't think they would have had the, the, the conversations that they've already had. But I think they're going to look and, and wait to see what happens with the draft. And I, I wouldn't expect them to make any more free agent signings, to be honest with you, like any big time names, they may add a couple of, you know, bottom end of the the roster guys here and there, but I I wouldn't expect any key contributors or starters to be added to this roster before the draft because they, they kind of have a good idea of what the roster is right now. They know what guys they like in the draft. They want to see what they can get out of the draft and then they can kind of make their roster after that. So if they say they go quarterback at six, well, then that means you can bring the left tackle back into play it matters how much they view Brady Christensen at left tackle. Like, if, if they think he's a, if the, the guy at left tackle, then you keep him there. You don't have to go after Dwayne Brown. If not, you can kick him inside, bring in Dwayne Brown, and you also got your quarterback at number six. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a ton of options that they can do. I mean, and again, it, you know, maybe the quarterback that they like isn't there, or maybe they decide, you know what, we're, we're going to play it safe here and go with the left tackle. Now you've got, let's say, Evan Neal or Kwanu, or Charles Cross at left tackle. You've got Christensen at left guard and so on and so forth. So it's not like the Panthers are short on options here. they they definitely got their choices. And I think that's why I I firmly believe they will be picking at number six. I do not see a scenario where they trade back because they drafted 11 guys last year. That's a big haul. And when they have that many uh, interesting or – very good players that are still going to be on the board at number six, regardless of who goes in front of them. It's going to be hard to pass that up.
2: Yeah, actually, that all makes sense. And I like the the option you gave there of uh, drafting quarterback at six, bringing Dwayne Brown in and moving Christensen over to left guard, because even, uh, yeah, Dwayne Brown's 37 years old, but let's say he gets hurt or something. You already know Christensen can kick out to left tackle now. So now you have the flexibility of putting him at guard, brown at left tackle if something happens to brown you push christian back out the left tackle and then you just have to figure out what to do with left guard you can get that depth in the draft or or in free agency or wherever just as a backup left guard or it might already be on the roster uh i'm not sure who's the kid they drafted out of alabama last year late uh the offensive brown yeah what position does he play he was right guard mainly,
1: but had been doing some left guard work too.
2: So so you got a guy that's got a little bit of reps there. Uh, if, you, if you have him uh, available to go to left guard just in case something happens, and then you can use that six pick. I, I agree. I don't think they're going to trade that six pick at this point. Um, I think they don't need to uh, off of the haul they just did last year and the year prior, like you said. Um, I mean, they've drafted 18 players in the past two years. Like, I don't think uh, – that they need additional picks. I think that they know specifically what they need to fix. Is it Willis or Pickett? I am uncomfortable drafting Pickett at six for some reason. I don't know why. Matt Corral's uh,
1: popping up now,
2: too. See, there's always a guy. There's always a guy that comes st- uh, storming up the charts at the very end. I don't know enough about Matt Corral to make an opinion on him, to be honest. Um, I, I, I was in favor of Willis. I still kind of am. If they're going to go quarterback at six, I'd prefer it to be him. Um but we don't know. We we don't know. So next week uh, will be uh, the week right before the draft starts on uh, I think Thursday of next week. So we'll have some uh, draft gurus on to kind of help us figure this out because we've been kind of going back and forth between a uh, quarterback or a left tackle. Is it going to be Pickett? Is it going to be Willis? Is it going to be Brown? Who's there? And now it looks like there's going to be multiple players sitting there when we get to six at this point. So, uh, like you said, Skyler, they're going to have some options when they decide to finally do this real quick, uh, as we do each week before we get out of here, Skyler does a mock first round pick for sports illustrated each week. Uh, some weeks, the pick changes some weeks. The pick does not this week. Who is Skyler's mock first round pick for the Carolina Panthers at pick number six of the 2022 NFL draft.
1: Yep. I'm still boring. It's, it's, <laughs> um, it, it, and I, I don't know what's going to happen this week, this week. I'm going to, do my second version of the full first round. So it's not going to be the the Panthers seven round mock draft. It'll be the first uh, the full first round. So that might change it. Um I don't know. I'm hearing a lot about the quarterbacks and it's just that's just what I've been hearing. It's not what I believe they should do. That's for sure. I, I think feels if, if this was me, if I was Scott Fitter, it would be a left tackle without a doubt. But that being said, that's not what mock drafts are for. They're they're to project what I think the team will do. I hear a lot about quarterbacks. Seems like Malik Pillis, Malik Pillis. <laughs> Malik <laughs> Willis and Kenny Pickett are their top two. But Matt Corral, like I said, has kind of been surging up and, and that's kind of been a a, a big uh, there's there's a lot of smoke around that right now. So we got to see if there's anything to that. But who knows? I think it's gonna be one of those three quarterbacks this week when I release my mock draft I might hear something differently and it might change. So keep an eye out, it an eye out for it. It should be out probably Around noon or one o'clock on
2: Sunday afternoon, I feel like Matt Corral going to be being a saint. I don't yeah. know why. I just in my mind, I'm like, well, they have the 16th and the 19th picks now. They trade it with Philly. I keep he- seeing people saying that, oh, they're trying to move up to number five to get ahead of Carolina to get a quarterback. That's not enough. 16 and 19 ain't enough to get up 11 spots to number five. They're going to have to throw a third first round pick in there, and I don't think any of these quarterbacks are worth three first round picks to move up to. No. And, you know what I mean? but, yeah. and like we said, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, but
1: this could be a situation where the Saints aren't moving or getting these picks to move up for a quarterback. It could be to move up to get, you know, a defensive piece, or it could be to get uh, an edge rusher. You know, Cameron Jordan's getting a little older. So, like, who knows what they're really doing. Or maybe they just stay put, you know, yes. stay put, take the two first middle, first round picks. But I, I don't think – I would be very shocked if any of the top three quarterbacks being Willis – Pickett or Corral don't end up on an NFC South team because three of the four teams need a future quarterback.
2: Yeah. And and probably wouldn't hurt Tampa to to start looking at someone to take yeah, over He's done. He is you know, a billion years old. So <laughs> <And> what, what <laughs> else do they need? You
1: know, like like they've got everything on their roster that they could possibly want. So it's not like they have a a a set need. I, that that's a very good possibility too. They can Maybe look at, like, a Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter at, at the back end of the first. I don't even know if they have a first-round pick.
2: but I'm not sure, actually. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so, next week is the draft. Uh, all the stuff, all the talking we've been doing, it'll, it'll come down to it. We'll kind of look at all the different scenarios that the Panthers can take in the first round, uh, and we'll bring on someone that's uh, draft-centric that can kind of help us navigate this. Uh, of course, keep up with Skyler on Sports Illustrated. Uh, especially on Twitter course of this week, because who knows what could happen. Things could change. If you want up to the date info and news on the Panthers, as we enter NFL draft week, follow him on Twitter at Callahan underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Dez D E Z underscore three five zero five or at tobacco radio. Uh, We will have actually some of my weekend shows. We are off this week because of the Easter holiday. So we won't be back until we're knee deep in the draft the following week over at tobacco road. So, Uh, For Scholar Callahan, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on the Believe Network. We will talk to you next week. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V
0: on YouTube.